Hello, good morning, Andre here. Welcome to yet another episode of The Daily. It's May the 1st, happy Labor Day. It's a public holiday here in Singapore and so I hope that uh, many of you have a day of rest planned out for yourselves, for your family, that you are intentionally setting this day aside to rest, to recalibrate, to recenter yourself on God's word, on uh, His presence. And I pray that this day will be a fruitful and restful day, full of God's peace and His presence. Now, many of you are well aware that I am a introvert par excellence, uh, but honestly, this time uh, has been really surprising uh, for me uh, in many ways, uh, but particularly in discovering how okay I am being cooped up at home and enjoying the quiet. Now, Amy and I, at this point in our lives, don't have any kids, and so our home is, for the most part, quiet. Uh, and we are also really home people. We like being at home. Uh, we invested a bunch of money into you know, doing out our home, and so we love to hang around and enjoy it. Uh, I haven't been out of my house for about five days straight now. And so, you know, I wasn't really 10 to begin with, but now I'm like, you know, white as snow and so i'm gonna come back to church you're gonna see me and i'm gonna have this like glow about me and it's not the glory of god it's just my really pale white skin because i lack sunlight and so i'm, I'm trying to make it a habit to go down every day to just stand in the sun and get my vitamins and all that good stuff but all this to say this time of quiet that i am personally enjoying has been super enlightening has been super uh, challenging in a good way it has surfaced a whole bunch of stuff in my heart, things that I thought I had previously dealt with. They are coming back today, you know, in full force. And, you know, I, I even feel the mercy and kindness of God in this whole thing, right? Because if these things were to surface, whilst I was super busy at work and moving from point to point, I wouldn't have been in a good mind space to be able to tackle them. But because I'm stuck at home, Amy is next to me, pretty much 24-7, uh, when these things come up, I have someone to talk to, I have someone to pray with, I have someone to process with, and uh, I have the space, the margin to uh, bear into it both on an emotional level, but also uh, spiritually to war against some of these things. And so I am super thankful for really this space, this quiet that I now have. Now, when I think about the word quiet, I don't think about it primarily in the sense of the absence of noise or activity. When I talk about quiet, I, I really mean like an internal quiet, this idea of tranquility, this idea of being at rest, uh, this idea of not uh, putting your mind in the past or in the future, but living in the here and now. That is my idea of what quiet, uh, this internal state, uh, what it ought to look like. And I'm reminded of uh, this short line uh, that Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11. And it's a short line, and Paul writes this to the church in ancient Rome, but in a way, he, he is even writing to us right now, here in this moment, living in the 21st century, fast-paced, digital age, COVID-19. He writes this to us. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, 
Let me read that line again. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Now, I'm struck by the juxtaposition of Paul's words, right? The word ambition placed next to the word quiet. Now, these two words almost sound like enemies and not so much friends. They seem incompatible in many ways. When I hear the word ambition, I generally think of like hurry, hustle. It comes with this idea of being driven, a careerist kind of life. And I, I imagine this person being in a constant state of flux and hurry, high activity, a lot of noise. But Paul in this line seems to say that we are to aim our ambition this drive, this pent-up energy that we all have on some level at something else entirely different, not so much career or impact or more stuff. He says this, that we are to aim our ambition, this energy, onto living a quiet life. That's the end goal, the end, the vision of success, a quiet life. Of all the adjectives on offer, Paul opts for the word quiet, not loud, not important, not even impactful, just quiet. The word quiet used there in the Bible would translate to being silent, to be rested, to cease from labor, to hold one's peace. It is this idea of like a mental cessation from worry, from fear. It is being present in the moment to enjoy God and His good intention toward us. That is what it means to be quiet, a quiet life. There's a line from St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuit order. He says this, Try to keep your soul always in peace and quiet. Now, I love that he used the word try as if he knew that we would mess it up. Uh, as if he knew how long the journey would be from reality to possibility, from who we are now to who we know we have the potential to grow and mature into. Now, there are many things that we can do and practices that we can pick up that would make for a quiet life. Things like the Sabbath, embracing simplicity in our life. And I talked about that in other teachings and podcasts that I've done previously. But one idea and practice that I've been trying to live out in recent days that I believe is so important for us to consider even as we make living a quiet life our goal, and it is this idea of being present. Now, this may seem really simple, uh, no-brainer and Many of us wouldn't think that we struggle with being present or being in the here and now. But consider how often our attentions are divided, how we struggle to uh, be fully engaged in conversations, in, in activities, and how our minds are constantly preoccupied with the future. We honestly struggle with being present especially in this age where multitasking is seen as a skill that is sought after, that is to be acquired, that is in some way expected of everyone. We have lost the virtue of being present, of being fully devoted 
and committed to a single task. And of course, many of us have come to realize the obvious, right? Multitasking is a myth. Literally, only God is omnipresent. And you and I, we inhabit a body, a body that can only do one thing at a time. The philosopher Byung Cho Han has this to say about multitasking. He says this, that the attitude toward time and environment known as multitasking does not represent civilizational progress. Rather, such an aptitude amounts to regression. Multitasking is commonplace among wild animals. It is an attentive technique indispensable for survival in the wilderness. In the wild, the animal is forced to divide its attention between various activities. That is why animals are incapable of contemplative immersion. And isn't that so true that as human beings, we quite literally are the only species on the earth that's capable of quietening down our hearts, of entering into this place of tranquility, of being present and fully devoted to the here and now, or in the language of Jesus, to abide in the vine. In order to abide, we need to be fully present, fully given to the moment, to God. Now, we often vow in our prayers to give to God our future. God, I give to you my days. I give to you my future plans and my desires and the outcomes I hope would come to pass. And we often vow to give God our future with great virtue. But the future really, in many ways, is easy to give to God for the simple fact that we do not have it. We do not have a grasp on it. So it's easy to give to God. While we don't have the future, what we do have now is the present, the here and now, this moment, this time, this joy, this gratitude, this pain, this surrender. And between the relinquished past and the untrodden future stands this holy now. And within this now is where God exists. It's the dwelling place of God himself. Abraham Joshua Herschel says this, that the present is where eternity and time meet. It is where God exists. It is where we abide in him. And maybe you wouldn't identify yourself as a multitasker in the literal sense, right? But many of us multitask in our heads. We are seemingly engaged in the present, yet our hearts and minds are far off. You know, we worry we carry fear, we carry anxiety, and are constantly trying to imagine a future apart from the voice, wisdom, and counsel of God. C.S. Lewis, this brilliant writer, uh, writer of the Chronicles of Narnia and classics like Mere Christianity, has this brilliant work of satire called The Screwtape Letters, and it's basically a series of letters between a junior and a senior demon plotting the demise of their enemy, Jesus, and all who follow him. And he writes this uh, interaction between the two demons that is really relevant to much of what we're going through. And note that this work was written in 1941 in the midst of the World War, crisis, pain, loss, tragedy. Lewis pens this interaction. He writes, The humans live in time, but our enemy, Jesus, destines them to eternity. He therefore, I believe, wants them to attend chiefly to two things, 
to eternity itself and to that point of time which they call the present. For the present is the point at which time touches eternity. He would therefore have them continually concerned either with eternity or with the present, or else obeying the present voice of conscience, bearing the present cross, receiving the present grace, and giving thanks for the present pleasure. You see, all the best stuff is in the present, the here and now, and all the great wisdom traditions of history, religious, secular, Eastern, Western, Christian or not, have all come together to this one point. That is, if there is a formula for a happy, fulfilled, satisfied life, it is quite simple. It is to inhabit the moment. And it's to realize that each moment is full of goodness. So why are we in such a hurry to rush on to the next one? Why are we so distracted such that we can't fully embrace and receive the grace, the gift that is that is this moment? There's that popular maxim, right? Carpe diem, to seize the day. And that is almost to say that time is this precious commodity and it's every man for himself. But what if this day, what if time itself isn't a scarce resource to be seized, to be fully maximized? But it is a gift to receive with grateful joy. If the words of scripture are true, that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, the question I am led to ask is, how many days do I miss that goodness, that mercy, in my hurry, in my multitasking, in my distractedness, in my frenetic pursuit? of something that is already there in the present, in the here and now, for me to receive. I'll close off with a final verse from Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He says this, As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you now, is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. And that is my prayer for you this morning, that we wouldn't have our minds distracted and pulled in different directions in this time, that we would be so focused on what the Lord is doing in our hearts in this time, that our minds won't wander off into the future. But we will be so given to the present, to abide in God's presence, in His good gift toward us that it is this day, that we will make it our life's ambition to live a quiet life, this idea of tranquility, of being at peace, at rest. And so let's take a moment this morning to be present with God, to abide in Him this morning. I invite you to close your eyes, to get into a comfortable posture, and once you are there, once you have done so, to take a deep breath, to breathe in, and then to breathe out, to feel the air filling your lungs, and then to feel it leave even as you breathe out, to be present even in your breath, And even as you breathe in, 
have it in your mind that you are receiving this moment this day as a gift you're breathing in god's goodness and mercy for this day and as you breathe out begin to release the tension in your shoulders the worry that you have picked up through the week maybe your concerns with regards to the future and expel it even as you breathe out and take another deep breath and breathe in god's provision god's peace god's love toward you in this day and so let's just spend a few moments breathing being still and abiding in god's presence even as we begin our day today Let me pray for you even as you begin your day today. Father, we thank you for the gift that is the present that we get to be fully devoted and engaged even in this moment. That we don't have to be like the animals who have their attention scattered for survival. But God, we know that even this time that we get to be fully present in your presence, not having to worry or to be concerned for the things around us for the days that are ahead because we are held by your hands your hands they hold us they keep us they protect us your hands they lead us they guide us and God we lean into you your presence even this day and God we ask that you help us be present in our day that you help us be present enough to receive the gift of the day to receive your goodness and mercy It's new every morning, God. We thank you for the provision of today. God, we ask that we will indeed receive it. We thank you for this great grace. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily. Have a great restful day ahead. We'll see you for our online gathering this Sunday. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the daily podcast. We will have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.